Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture, and these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Nationally renowned author and speaker, Rich Blooney, joins us again on our show today. Rich has presented to tens of thousands of people across the U.S. and Canada and brings years of nursing, risk management, patient safety, and leadership experience to his audience. Rich last joined us to talk about what healthcare professionals across the country are facing during these challenging times. Whether you work in healthcare or close to someone who does, or just feeling a little anxious about today's environment, go back and listen to episode number 69 where Rich shares his experiences in healthcare with us and includes helpful advice for dealing with fears and anxieties at this time. I've asked Rich to join us today to talk about one of his books, Inspired Nurse. As I read this book, I connected Rich's ideas to our work in education and more specifically similarities between nursing and teaching. Both the nursing and teaching professions are filled with individuals who are called to serve others and are connected to their purpose of worthwhile work and making a difference. They each go to work every day for the benefit of their patients and their students. There are inspiring moments in nursing and education, and there are also tiring, challenging moments. During this month, focused on appreciating nurses and teachers, Rich brings joy and inspiration to you today. So Rich, let's talk about that a little bit. What led you to write Inspired Nurse? You know, how are you, by the way, Janet? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, Rich. You know, I tell you, it's um, as we continue with this Zoom <laughs> engagement and, you know, just the working offline and not being connected to people, it's good that we have that opportunity, but I really miss people sometimes, you know, just I, miss that interaction. I don't know about you, but I, I sure I, do. I definitely miss people. I don't know if um, the people that are called my family that have been quarantined with me for the last three months, if they miss me very much. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Maybe I'm showing my gener Generation X side, but whenever I first heard the term Zoom, I instantly went to the educational show that used to be on PBS. Um, that was kind of like a Sesame Street show, but they did like music. And I, got, I feel like I, when I think about teachers, I think about like, you know, Sesame Street and Zoom and all of that kind of stuff. So sorry. I digress, but I, I just love that it's called Zoom because I have the Zoom theme going through my mind right now. And some of your listeners right now are, are hearing it as well, but I won't sing it because it'll, be, it'll <laughs> yeah. be an earworm that will be stuck. You know, um, what's funny, what's funny, Rich, is I did the same, I had that same conversation with <laughs> members on our team and they looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what? There, there's a cross section of, of Generation X with boomers. And then there's also the cross section of Generation X with millennials, where there's those certain years where things overlap. But I digress. So what led me to write Inspired Nurse is kind of interesting. Um, I already wrote Inspired Nurse before I was asked to write a book or before it came up. I'm just kind of one of these people that I feel like if you put something out there that you're passionate about or that comes from a place in your heart, um, just to do it. And I just kind of feel like the stars or God or whatever anybody wants to call it in their own personal journey, but things kind of line up. So I one day, and I still have the notebook, I literally wrote Inspired Nurse and I drew a little cloud around it. It was very, you know, fourth grade art kind of level, but I drew a little cloud around it. And I thought, what a cool term. And then I said, I'm going to write this book. And I just went back and found some of my journals and I found some really, you know, 
cool stories from my journal. Some of the stuff was like kind of day-to-day stuff, but, and then I just started rewriting them. And then once I was in studio group for about two or three years, I just, this was like a little thing I was just doing. I hadn't told anybody. And then I spoke at a conference that really went really well. And our publishing person at the time, Becky walked up to me at the end of the conference and said, have you ever thought of writing a book? And I said, I've already started. And she said, well, what do you have? And I said, I'll send it to you. And that night I sent her the first six chapters. And within about, I would say 10 days, we had a little thing signed and I was on my way to writing the book. So when you were doing that, Rich, I mean, was it just your reflections? I mean, is that what you did? Is just kind of take notes on your experiences? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a powerful thing. And I think that's something that educators probably go through as well. I want to just set up for you the fact that I have two older brothers and my middle, my middle brother, I'm the youngest. Um, my brothers are 16 and 13 years older than me. And my brother, Jack, who I love, I love both of my brothers, but my brother, Jack, who I love with just all my heart. Um, he was a public school, elementary school, special education teacher for 37 years. Wow. He graduated high school at 16 years old and had his master's degree in his very early 20s. And I was somebody that he would practice on as he was going through his program. So I was like, kind of, I almost went through the teaching program with him because I was the kid that he did all the little practice stuff on that he was doing. But um, I, I just found that much like, you know, teachers and nurses are very similar. I found that I had these cool experiences and sometimes I would forget things or things would pop into my brain and be like, oh my gosh, I forgot that that happened. So I started writing them down in journals and actually both my books, Inspired Nurse and Inspired Nurse 2, are stories that came from my personal journals. And of course, I changed the names and combined some stories. But, you know, I, I, that's where it came from for me. And I'm sure teachers could relate to stories because I am I know for a fact from talking to my brother that, that educators have amazing stories. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think it's been a long time since I've been a high school teacher in a classroom, but those stories are still alive and well, you know, in my head in terms of thinking about kids and um, you get an opportunity to see them down the road sometimes and see where, what they've grown into. Um, so pretty, pretty neat, Rich, in terms of how your book came about. Um, so we we're talking about nurses and, you know, a little bit today, nurses and teachers, because as I, I talked about in the intro, we were both part of great service professions. We all get into to this work because um, we want to serve students or we want to serve our patients. So can you talk a little bit about maybe three ideas or tactics that you have in the book that may also be useful in educational settings, even though you connected it to healthcare? Absolutely. You know, one of the ones I kind of already mentioned, which is the telling of your story. I think teachers have amazing stories. You know, you mentioned the fact that it's been a while since you've taught, you know, high school. Um, But I guarantee you, there are probably dozens, if not hundreds of high school, former high school students of yours who are maybe adults right now, who remember you. And they remember a time that you did something for them. I look back on my life and I think about my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Johnson, who I would put in the top five most influential people in my entire life. And I could tell you dozens of stories of things that I remember that he did. He might not even remember who I was because he had hundreds of students. I had one you know, sixth grade teacher. But I would tell first and foremost, educators and teachers, write down your stories. Take the time to grab a journal and write down the stories about the incredible students that you had, or that one kid who maybe came from a difficult background and you saw them come through, or that time you were sitting in your office and some 20-year-old walked in your room and said, I don't know if you know who I am, but you were my teacher in you know, seventh grade, fifth grade, 10th grade. And 
you were the t you I had a really tough upbringing and I would come to your to your class and it would be the only time I would feel safe or I would feel happy. You know, I would say that educators have seen amazing things. I've heard so many amazing stories. So that would be one. The other thing that I would say, especially when you're feeling that, you know, energy droop or that passion kind of sagging out of you a little bit, one of the best ways to inspire yourself is to inspire somebody else. And I would say for anybody, especially teachers, I mean, if you're a teacher with some seniority under your belt and that new bright-eyed and bushy-tailed teacher has showed up at the, at, the, at the school, and by the way, it doesn't have to be a quote-unquote young teacher. It could be just a teacher that's new to your particular area, but you've been there for a while. Take them under your wing. Mentors are so important in education because there are so many lessons that are not taught while you're going through your program and getting your degree and getting your teaching certificate. There are so many real life in the trench pieces of information. But as a mentor, that with if you share that with somebody else, you lift them up so much and you empower them. And the weird thing about it is it does more for you than it does for them. When you're pouring yourself into somebody, it's, it's an odd thing. You're not emptying yourself. In, into somebody. You're not emptying your soul into somebody else. It's this opposite effect. You're, while you're going through the act of giving that knowledge or information to that person, you're actually filling yourself because you're getting reinvigorated. You're seeing things through different eyes. You're remembering things that you thought you forgot. So I would say first out of the gate story. Second would be mentoring. And third would be humor. I'm pretty sure that if a bunch of nurses, you know, this is like a bad joke, like, you know, a nurse and a teacher walk into a bar, right? But, um, or no, we'll make it, we'll make it bar. a nurse and a teacher walk into a cafeteria. And I'm sure that nurses and teachers could go head to head with sharing stories. Like my brother used to tell me the funniest stories about things that kids said or things that happened. He, he was telling me one time he had a kid who was in his special education class who didn't talk that much. He was, he was you know, having some difficulty. He was in language you know, development and all these different things. And Jack, my brother, was just working with him. And the kid walked up to him one day and said, Mr. Jack, how come a koala bear isn't really a bear? And my brother thought he was asking like a real question. And he's like all in teacher mode. He's like, no, they are bears. He goes, no, they're not. And Jack goes, why do you say that? And the kid goes, because they don't have the qualifications. And, <laughs> and my brother like literally just like lost it laughing. Now, he's been a teacher 37 years. And that story probably happened in his first three to five years of teaching. But he remembers that story because it made him laugh. And we see some tough things. Teachers see tough things. People don't realize that. Teachers see tough things. It's usually the teacher that notices that the child is in a dangerous situation at home or is acting in such a way where there's concern. Teachers save children's lives every day. But I think it's so important that we look for those humorous moments. And maybe as educators, you make that maybe part of a meeting where everybody brings a funny story. Or back in the day when I was younger, there was a TV show. Actually, it was probably the generation before me, but I think it was kids say the darndest things or something like that. Yeah. And, it, and it was just all this funny stuff about funny things that children say. Now, not everybody that's listening to this that's an educator teaches children. Like my wife was a college professor, but she had some pretty funny stories about her college students too. You bet. Yeah. So, so those are the first three things. So stories, you know, writing them down, um, paying attention to being a mentor to people that are up and coming and finding ways to incorporate humor into your day. I think it's such such great um, such great 
great things for us to think about. You know, as you're talking, Rich, I remember when um, when I was back in the day teaching high school math, um, my roommate at the time was a nurse, you know, and I, when you were talking about humor and I was thinking, I just immediately went back to some of the conversations that we had, (laughs) the things that we shared. And, um, you know, just because I think just the common spirit of, of, first of all, we spend so much energy and wanting to help other people and get, you know, that's, that it's a calling to those professions that we had to lighten it up a little bit, you know, based on the, based on what we see and based on, you know, what we experience every day. So, you know, just appreciate that a lot. I agree. I, I think that that teachers and nurses share a lot of things in common. And one of them is they got into that profession for a big reason. Um, you know, my wife knew she wanted to be a nurse when she was four years old. When I was four years old, I wanted to be Batman. My, <laughs> my brother, Jack, knew he wanted to be a teacher. I asked him because I actually, being prepared for this podcast, I called him and I said, Jack, how long were you a teacher um, in special education and public schools? And he said, 37 years. And my brother, like I said, was he started really, really young. And I said, when did you know you wanted to be a teacher? And I think he said to me, I can't remember a time that I did it. Yeah. I don't know if that was, by the way, I'm doing a podcast for educators. Was that correct grammar? I yeah. can't recall <laughs> yeah. a time I did it. Now yeah. I'm all nervous. Now You're I feel right. like people, somebody's got their red pen out is like circling my stuff. Yes. Listen, I'm not that, no I, learned, I, I had great teachers, but really I learned a lot from Schoolhouse Rock on Saturday. So You got it. Yeah. I, I, I can relate there. So, you know, speaking of that, Rich, you've, you've been a teacher yourself with your children, you know, during, <laughs> during, during this time that we've all been at home and you've had, had your, your, your little ones with you. So I'm um, thinking about those experiences now, uh, you know, as a nurse and now as a teacher, you know, as we leave today, what's your message to teachers? What do you say to them? <laughs> I miss teachers. That's my message. <laughs> I really, really, really miss teachers. I love teachers. I am so grateful for Google. Google the other day I had to do geometry with my son and he was asking me about isosceles triangles and I was in a panic and I have a little bit of ADD and no, that's true. I was actually diagnosed. That's a big surprise to everyone listening, I'm sure. And I did not know anything about isosceles triangles, but I did know about the Bermuda triangle. So I just started talking to him about that. And literally my poor little fifth grader is looking at me. He's like, dad, that's, is that important to know right now? And I go, listen, you're never going to be attacked by an isosceles triangle, but if you go through the Bermuda triangle and an alien abducts you, you're going to be happy I told you this. So the point of what I'm trying to say is my experience homeschooling is, first of all, I love my kids and they're super smart and they're super smart because they've had amazing teachers. And second, I know how much I miss teachers, but my kids miss their teachers so much. And when they do their Zoom with their teachers, they're so happy. And when I have emails back and forth with the teachers, what they say every time that we email is, we miss Luke, we miss Ava so much. I miss Luke's smile. I miss his laugh. And teachers that I'm connected with on social media have been saying to me, I miss my kids so much. So my message and my experience is that I miss teachers, but teachers that are listening, your kids miss you as well. And when you come back, I think people in this world are going to have a huge appreciation for the teaching profession, for sure. Thank you, Rich. I can't imagine, as I think about what our teachers are going through right now, and I put myself back in that classroom, and all of a sudden, the kids that you've been with for the whole year are just gone. You know, I mean, you're still connecting with them, but there's so many things that you go through, you go with through with them at the end of the year. I mean, they're they're just yeah. 
their, you know, their things that are ritual, so to speak, yeah. that they don't get an opportunity to do. And, um, you know, I just, I can feel it in my heart for the teachers not being able to do that. And for also the young people out there um, who have had those opportunities over the years and our young people will miss that. So just glad to have parents like you who care enough to connect to your children every day and just appreciate um, what you have said about teachers. Uh, teachers and nurses are doing phenomenal things today. Uh, they've always done that. Um, there are people who come to work with great passion and do so many worthwhile things that that's hard for us to recognize in a meaningful way. So I, I'd like to leave today thanking you, thanking you for, for really helping me out at the beginning of today. You know, I, I think as I've been on, as I mentioned, as I've been on Zoom, and when you ask, how are you doing? That was really meaningful to me today, just because I think the fatigue of just not being able to see and touch people really gets to you. And I think I've had one of those days, Rich, you know, where I'm just, I just need that connection. And I uh, just appreciate you asking me, you know, how I was doing, because that got me into a, a different place today. So appreciate you. You're welcome. I'm glad. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk to you, but also to your amazing audience of educators and teachers. And thank you guys for everything that you're doing and how resilient all the teachers have been with having to do virtual stuff and being creative while at the same time, many of them are parents trying to teach their kids at home as well. So gratitude out to you and also to everyone out in the education field. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. So thank you all for tuning in today to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share our podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work and be the best that we can be. Have a great week, everybody.